Charlie Jackson here, and you're listening to the sixth episode of the Building the Future podcast, sponsored by the Mechanical Contractors Association, MCA Detroit. Now, every episode, we will be putting a spotlight on the union construction trades training programs and why it's the career path of the future. We're kicking off this edition of Building the Future podcast from the new Mechanical Contractors Association offices and highlight National Construction Safety Month. Having a safe work environment is top priority for MCA Detroit contractors, and we talk with the leaders in the industry to learn more. Today, we'll be speaking with Samantha Delapella, safety coordinator for MCA Detroit. Also, Laura Kopak, director of government affairs and community relations with MCA Detroit, as well as Greg Johnson, Macomb Mechanical Director of Service Operations, and Jerry Miller, Macomb Mechanical Project Management Team Leader. The Building the Future podcast, sponsored by the Mechanical Contractors Association, MCA Detroit. We're coming to you from the Mechanical Contractors Association offices in Livonia, and we're going to kick off the program with Greg Johnson, Macomb Mechanical Director of Service Ops, and Jerry Miller, Macomb Mechanical Project Management Team Leader. Guys, thank you so much for being here. Appreciate it. Thank you. Tell us about Macomb Medical. Macomb has been serving the Tri-County area for about 53 years now. Uh, It was founded in 1970 by two gentlemen, Gary Johnson and Hal Rudiselli. They started as a very small plumbing service company, uh, just located in Gary's garage. Mm. And then, uh, yeah, as they kind of grew servicing churches and schools and all the little plumbing needs around the area, they grew and uh, grabbed a building there in Fraser, Michigan. As they continued to grow and service more customers, uh, they jumped into a building in Sterling Heights in 20. 2007, uh, where it's now under the direction and ownership of Scott and John Johnson. Who are some of your clients? We have a diverse uh, group of clients for 53 years, uh, everything from (laughs) churches, schools, hospitals, universities, uh, large industrial buildings, and uh, retail. Yeah, and the the, the, the different industries that you serve, you serve a lot of industries. Yes, absolutely. Okay. where are the areas that you primarily work in, the areas that you serve? Yeah, we do Metro Detroit, Tri-County area. Uh, we're beholden to some union jurisdictions, but uh, we like to say south of I-69 and then uh, east of Ann Arbor. You know, when I uh, do these podcasts and I talk to the, the people uh, from MCA or other unions, I always bring up safety because safety is so important when you're on these jobs. Um, you want the jobs to be done right, but you want your workers to be safe as well. So what type of training uh, do you have for safety on the job site? Um, so a couple of things. As union, uh, as union employees, um, the guys here are trained with the MUST program, which is 18 modules of safety, um, different um, categories that they must follow. So um, during their apprenticeship and after, they have to maintain those modules every two years. Um, Most apprentices also turn out um, having got their OSHA 30 uh, certification, which is 30 hours of safety training um, that they have to maintain as well. Um, On the job site specific, we, we do toolbox talks. So usually Monday morning, um, the guy is the foreman on the job, mm-hmm. will open up a category that has been sent to them throughout the course of the week and have a discussion with their crew or whatever that may be, ladder safety, lift safety, um, whatever the category is. So they're, they're seeing it frequent. And, you know, when you, when you do these jobs, they're, 
you know, they're so huge. Some of these jobs are very huge and can be very dangerous. And so you, you really have to be focused and you really have to know what you're doing. Absolutely. It's um it's a day-to-day thing, and it's a continuous reminder. And um, we enable our crews, all of them, to voice um, to anybody they see, whether it's our own people on the job site or a competing contractor or another trade, that if they see something um, or recognize something that's dangerous, um, to speak up, um, not just for themselves but for everybody involved on the job site. When you see something, say something. I mean, we hear that Absolutely. a whole lot, right? Yes. And and when it comes to something like this, you know, it could be someone from another group, but it could be detrimental to you on your people. Absolutely. And it could be a lot of things. I mean, as we're talking about it, just, you know, quick mm-hmm. enters my head is um, we don't do a lot of grinding um, concrete-wise or um, saw cutting, but another contractor could be doing that, kicking up a lot of silica dust. Um, our guys are trained to recognize that and say, hey, here, you know, here's what I need from you and here's what I think maybe you need to make this safer for all of us. So it, it happens, it's for sure. Now, you know, when those things happen and somebody says, listen, uh, you, you're doing this, you're kicking up this dust, do you, 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 get, do you get issues from those other contractors sometime or, you know, do, or do they say, well, you know, thanks for letting me know, let me correct this? Um, well, I'd lie to say that. <laughs> if I didn't say that, some people take offense to yeah. it. But ultimately, you know, it's just a it's a gentleman's conversation, right? One-on-one saying, hey, you know, I care about you. I care about your safety. Um, can you please care about mine? Um, and, you know, ultimately our goal is to send the guys home every night. You know, every night go home safe as you came into work that day. So Absolutely. Um, most people, once you bring it to their attention and, and explain why and wh- what your concerns are, there's no hesitation and they will agree. Yeah, and and most of these people they've been on the job for a long time. They've been doing yeah. this for a long time, and you know they they want to go home to their <laughs> absolutely to their families too. I get it. I get it. Um, are you guys hiring right now? <laughs> yes, always looking. Yep, <laughs> absolutely. And you know, so how can somebody join Macomb Mechanical? Uh, there's a couple different ways. Um, they can reach out directly to our offices or somebody that they know. They can apply on the website. Uh, if they're looking, if they're union labor, they can contact their business agent or the hall. Uh, so, so it's several different ways. So it's, it, it, this is continuously that you're looking for people because I, I, I would take it that you have a lot of people who retire and you need to replenish. Yeah, for so sure. So you're always, always looking. Mm-hmm. Um, do you get a lot of uh, young people, a lot of apprenticeships and to come to be part of Macomb Mechanical? Yeah, and I think that's the big push right now industry-wide. We are looking for the next generation to, to come up into the trades and, and fill the fill the gaps that are being left, and not even just in the field, but also in the office. You know, there's a lot of positions, uh, whether it's sales or operations, that we need some, some good individuals to come in and, and be that next generation of the trade. And, you know, when you say that, um, a, a lot of young people, they don't even really realize how how huge this could be, this particular industry, and you know what they could do, how they could take care of their families, and 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 do very well in this industry. Every building we sit in, every room that you're a part of, I mean, it, it was built by a skilled tradesman, whether it's electrician or pipe fitters, plumbers, you name it, right? So it's a massive industry and it continues to grow, but it really is building America. It, it's a tangible legacy and there's a lot of, uh, there's, it's a big market and there's a lot of opportunity for people coming up, for sure. 
All right, Greg Johnson, Macomb Mechanical Director of Service Operations, Jerry Miller, Macomb Mechanical Project Management Team Leader. I thank you guys for being here on the uh, Building the Future podcast. Thank Thanks, you. Lloyd. I'm glad to be here. We're coming to you from the New Mechanical Contractors Association offices in Livonia, and we are going to be speaking with uh, two wonderful people that I uh, enjoy speaking with, Samantha Delapella. Uh, who is the safety coordinator for the Mechanical Contractors Association, MCA Detroit. Also, we'll be speaking with Laura Kopak, who is Director of Government Affairs and Community Relations for MCA Detroit. Ladies, I appreciate you being here. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for thank having you. us. Um, how important is safety in the construction workplace? I would say safety is the most important thing in a construction site, um, right? You have so many people, um, depending on how big the job site is, so many individuals on a site and you want to make sure they all get home to their families mm-hmm. at night, right? They came in this morning, they were perfectly healthy, perfectly fine. You want to send them home the exact same way. And on some job sites you could have 200 to 400 people doing their jobs and you know all coexisting on a site. Um, and they have to just always look out for each other and look out for themselves. I would say it's the most important. Because, you know, one whole, you know, uh, safety mishap could really cause a, a domino effect. Not only can it hurt someone, but I w- it would also delay the construction of that whatever that project is. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. It, you'll put delays on every trade, and um, typically the trades kind of follow each other. So as work is being completed, new trades kind of move into that area. Um, so, you know, one holdup could really cost a, just a catastrophic amount of money, you know, to be lost. Uh, delays on finishing the project and setbacks and, I mean, continuous, you know, chain reaction. So how do I access the MUST safety modules? Because they're modules. Yes. So online, um, you can go online, and each employer adds the their employee into the system. Mm-hmm. And so you have a login based on your username, and I believe it's the last four digits of your social security number okay. is how okay. you uh, so you're how you're monitored. Um, so that's how you can kind of log in. So it's a, a must report card. So they do 18 modules. Um, they do about two every two years of training. So must keeps up with the 18 modules of safety awareness training. They keep track of CPR and whether you are up to date on that, mm-hmm. as well as drug testing for job sites. So, you know, the MUST safety training, does it fulfill, like, all the requirements for training, like, my employees in safety? No, it is just awareness training. Um, so you have to also go by the MIOSHA, the Michigan Occupational uh, Safety and Health Administration. Um, you have to still stay on their standards, and so... Must is just an awareness. You mm-hmm. also have to have, you know, a depending on, so for example, asbestos and lead, you have to have a deeper understanding and a deeper training. And some trainings even require, you know, certificates right. to be complete, you know, to say that you have that knowledge. Mm-hmm. So must is just kind of a, a very generalized training, mm-hmm. um, whereas there are more specifics that certain, in certain cases you need to have. So talk about EMR. What is EMR? So your EMR is an experience modification rate. Okay. So that is 
established by insurance companies. So the less accidents that you have, the lower your EMR rate is. Um, the higher number of injuries or accidents that happen, the higher your EMR rate is. And that's going to affect the jobs that you can have and bid for in the future. So anything over a 1.0, uh, it's typically harder to bid on jobs and harder to get jobs um, because you have a higher accident rate. So who checks the EMR? The, the, the people who hire the contractors to do the work? Is that what? Yes. So that general happens? contractors will check uh, as you are bidding for a job. They, mm -hmm. they check your rates and make sure that you are a safe company. They don't want to bring anybody on who could cause any issues, right? And things happen, accidents happen. Um, so, you know, there are some, you know, situations, uh, but anything under 1.0 is really ideal and what they look for. And an interesting thing about that as well is that as MCA Detroit, we offer a safety recognition event. And in 2020, our EMR as an association with mm -hmm. the individuals who had sent in their information was a 0.89. So we were under wow. average, um, which was incredible to see that our contractors really take safety seriously. And as a whole, it just completely completely mind-blowing and incredible to be under that average. What What is a pre-task plan and, and how would I put one together? So a pre-task plan is going to be a step-by-step -step description of everything being done and performed including the you know the safety precautions um, to keep employees safe and from being injured. So what's going to happen is you are going to have a job and you are going to write out every single detailed thing that's going to happen on that job and you're going to put the precautions, the safety precautions, what kind of personal protection equipment are they going to need um, and you're going to very detailed and different general contractors require, you know, it's going to look a little bit different and yeah. maybe they have different paperwork but it's all going to be the, the same, very, very detailed. And that's, I would think that's important, that's an important part of the whole safety in general to kind of know what you're dealing with, what you're getting into, so you kind of can prepare and be ready. Absolutely, absolutely. So especially so you have the equipment there on site and you don't have to you know, delay the project by any means. You have everything there ready to go for when that next step is needed. So so how do I get employees and train in, in specific safety requirements? Yeah, so we actually offer a, a wide array of safety trainings. I myself am certified to train and in different aspects of the construction industry. Um, and there are other ways as well. So on the MyOSHA, they offer MTI courses, so um, Michigan Training Institute. Mm -hmm. um, so MyOSHA will actually train individuals as well. And you can go to, you can find various resources on our website as well. And you and MCA has uh, Detroit has a safety committee. How can a person be on a safety yes. committee? So um, just reaching out to me and uh, yeah, get in contact with me, and you can I can add you on there. We have a bunch of members who are consistently joining. Um, I reach out to others as well and kind of grow the group. So on these projects, do do they have first aid kits on these projects? And and if they do, what what's in these first aid kits? They do. So you're gonna have you know your typical band aids, um, but then you're gonna have gauze. I, in some cases, we're actually seeing Narcan being put into first aid kits. Oh wow. Yes, so um, that, that's been a really big push to kind of get Narcan out there, mm -hmm. um, you know, just in cases. Uh, but yeah, you're going to see the typical, you know, the alcohol pads for cleaning any wound that may happen, um, the band-aids, the gauze, 
And uh, also like Benadryl for maybe slight allergic reactions and uh, and stinger ointment. So to stop, you know, if you got stung, to stop that that, that burning. <laughs> and, 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 and what about drug testing? That's being done too. And how important is the drug testing part? Well, drug testing is really important because in uh, the musk construction and construction industry, there's zero tolerance for marijuana and also other uh, narcotics on the job. And one of the reasons for marijuana is, even though Michigan is a legalized marijuana state, both recreation and medically, is that it's still a Category 1 a substance of um, uh, federal guidelines that is illegal and must the board of directors which I sat on, I still sit on uh, indicates that it's zero tolerance because of that because we work on a lot of the contractors work on federal projects and that uh, substance is banned as far as the federal regulations and laws are concerned so it's very important that people are as you know Samantha mentioned you know are drug free and you know hopefully you know, that will prevent you know other accidents and also, you know, no drinking on the job, which also has a big bearing in terms of uh, safety factors on the job as well. And I just want to let our listeners know that we were speaking with Samantha Della Pella, who is the safety coordinator of MCA Detroit. Now we're speaking with Laura Kopek, who is director of government affairs and community relations for uh, the Mechanical Contracts Contractors Association, MCA Detroit. Getting back to the drug testing, uh, uh, Laura, as you said, that uh, it's very important to get that out that you guys, you know, it's a zero tolerance because you have people, as you said, in here in Michigan, recreational, medical marijuana, mm -hmm. legal, but you have some people who may think, well, you know, it's legal, so I, you know, I, I can do it and, you know, at home or whatever, and I can still come to work and still right. work, but. No, not that's like not that. the case. And if somebody on the job site suspects that you may have been smoking or you smoked on the job, there's random testing. So they will be tested. And if you test positive, there's various different protocols in place that you have to, you know, either go to uh, substance abuse counseling or, you know, depending on, you know, how many times the infraction has occurred. And also, you know, the uh, drug and drug use on the sites are not tolerated because of liability. And, and if something yeah. happens and if somebody's injured, you know, there's going to be a lawsuit somewhere. And depending on who's at fault, there will be a cost associated with it. And then, as Samantha mentioned regarding the insurance, you know, the more accidents you have, the more, you know, incidents you have, the higher your insurance rates. And that also has, you know, a cascading effect in terms of the economic impact to the contractors and the amount that they pay on their insurance insurance policies. Well, it, it appears, Laura, that uh, the Mechanical Contractors Association are really, you know, covering all aspects of safety when it comes to a project. We try, and that was really evident, especially during the pandemic, because for a while uh, construction was not on, you know, the uh, primary list to be uh, workers on the on sites. Everything was shut down, but then uh, they were permitted to work on sites because most 
uh, people that work on the sites are kind of spread apart, far apart, and you know, kind of fell into that um, the protocols that they had in place. And if you really think about it, I mean, they, you know, I was just at a, a seminar recently. They said they really want to continue some of those protocols in construction, like the hand washing, the distancing, uh, just because you know you just don't want to spread any type of you know uh, virus, or even though it's not COVID right now, yeah. but any just uh, on-site type of germs that would permeate through the construction workers. Well, I would think that that's. That kind of plays into safety as well. That's correct. You know, yes. because you, you could come to, you know, you don't want to come to work sick. And right. if you come to work sick and you spread a germ and right. it's going through, just like these schools get closed down because mm-hmm. kids catch it and it goes through the school. It could go through a construction, <laughs> yes. you know, Yeah, yeah that's project. almost like a Petri dish of germs. <laughs> exactly. Right. No. <laughs> no. So that, that all plays into the safety. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. And you, you want to protect the workers because if you you're not protecting the workers in terms of safety it has a cascading effect in, you know in just the whole entire industry because there's so many different trades on the job if one person brings some type of virus or flu on site it's going to spread and then it's going to spread to other trades and then there'll be a backup there'll be cost factors associated with it and you want to minimize that and try and have your construction project as fluid as possible so you have you know an end date uh, and be on time in terms of the delivery of your product and I think you know lay people like myself or like people who are who are not in the construction trades don't really think about that part of the safety issue right. you know and what that can do to a project Correct. how much Absolutely. loss mm-hmm. that can happen yeah. you know you know loss of life is one thing but you know if you don't lose your life and you're you're still working on the job I mean, it could delay the job, which means lost wages, lost money, right. lost time in the project. Yeah, even to a very, like, you know, minimal level, you know, when you're talking about porta potties, people don't think about porta potties on a construction site. But you want to have them clean, you want to have them sanitary, you want to have them, you know, accessible to people people of both genders in a safe, uh, non-contaminated uh, environment because that's probably one of the highest contaminants of germs on a construction site. And you want to have you know, the basins so people can wash their hands, which is in conjunction with having you know, a, a clean porta potty But you know, when, uh, when you start thinking about when you do scaling down to the very, very basics, that's also one of the things that you know, is, you know, should and it's necessary to be addressed on a construction site. You know, I, I, I never would have thought about the, the poor <laughs> I know, bodies, it's kind but, of crass. But. No, no but, it, but it is something that you have to think about mm-hmm. because you, when you talk about germs... You know, that's yeah. a place where things can happen and yeah. start. You exactly. Know? And even when you think about, you know, the different genders, I mean, women, you know, now on our construction sites, women, you know, go through a period of gestation, yes. have a child, mm-hmm. and they need certain areas that they should be able to be at without having to transport those germs back to their homes, to their children, and, you know, to maybe if they're breastfeeding, you know, you know in, in a very sterile and safe environment. And, you know, these are things that I know that have been conversations in the, in, in the construction industry, but now that there's going to be, now that there's more women in the industry, those factors need to be weaved into the protocol. 
Well, uh, Laura uh, Kopak, who is the Director of Government Affairs and Community Relations for the Mechanical Contractors Association, MCA Detroit, and also Samantha Delapella, Safety Coordinator, thank you so much uh, for being here. I'm sure we learned a lot today when it comes to Probably safety. Probably more than you wanted to know. <laughs> but, but what we needed to know, and I really appreciate you both being here. Thank you so much. Thank, thank you. you. Appreciate it.